What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Campbell Presents Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the program. Once again, if this is your first time listening to the show, thanks for checking it out. You can find fresh episodes coming at you every Friday. And uh, if you want to help support this thing in a free way, you can do so by clicking subscribe on iTunes, writing a review, and uh, giving the podcast those five stars. And that will help propel the podcast into the tops of the iTunes charts. And uh, that will give it more national and international visibility. It will help strangers find the show. It will grow the show. And uh, ultimately, that will be uh, a great contribution to the to the sustainability of this thing, and hopefully, uh, you know, bringing some sponsors on board a little more consistently. And uh, yeah, appreciate the hell out of everybody that's already taken the time to do so. Um, if you haven't already, it only takes a couple minutes. It doesn't take long at all. And like I said, it's a it's a free way to support this thing. Um, you can also check out the Dan Cable Presents YouTube channel, which uh, features a bunch of in-studio performances and live show performances and uh, things of that nature. You can click subscribe there as well, and then you'll know when the new videos hit the feed. We've got Strange Hotels videos up on the page now. Those came out really great. Shout out to Forrest Brennan and uh, and Jesse and Aaron, who... Uh, who were shooters that night for us at the uh, the Doug Fur filming back in November? We still got Gold Casio um, videos to drop, and so those will be coming at you this summer. But uh, the YouTube channel, some of the videos on the on the YouTube channel are mentioned during this episode um, because I was I was speaking with uh, the wonderful Cloud Castle, who uh, you know, aka Jay Fiji from uh, Adverse Effects. And uh, we were talking about some of those studio performances that that Adverse Effects did back on episode 31, I believe, of the podcast, way back when. Um, So those are up there. Some killer performances, definitely some of my favorites of uh, those mountain air sessions that we did. And uh, very special to have uh, that era of the band um, captured on camera for a few performances. Very, uh, very special day there at Mountain Air Studios. But uh, we're going to get into the episode. We're going to get into 170. It's coming at you. Um, got uh, a couple dates, a couple calendar dates, because you know how much I love telling everybody about, you know, upcoming events and dates going on. Um, but if you're listening to this on release day, July 12th, then um, you should find yourself at the Jack London here in Portland, Oregon for an incredible hip hop show of uh, three of my favorite rappers, MCs in the city, um, all together on one bill. And uh, it's Rashid Jamal who will be making his return to the podcast next week. So I'm very excited, looking forward to that. But uh, Rashid Jamal and then uh, Mike Capes, the killer Mike Capes and... uh, and Mal London, who's performing with Butter, which 
Uh, watching Mal London perform with a live band is uh, it's so rad. There's I don't know. It's it's very next level. All all of those uh, all of those folks have been on the podcast before, so that's a uh, that's a killer lineup that they put together. I'm really excited for that, and um, I think that's will where you will uh, where you will find me on this Friday evening. But uh, yeah, tons of other great shows going on. If you follow me on Instagram at Dan Cable Presents, I'm usually posting about all of uh, all the shows that I think are cool around town, including most dates that are going on at the library. Um, that's over off of uh, Hawthorne in the, the basement of Growler's Tap Room, and I booked the music there. So always trying to let people know what is happening there. And if you are, uh, you know, you're trying to trying to put together a night of, of live music, you should get in contact with me at dancablepresents at gmail.com and uh, we can talk about some uh, some available dates there. So follow me there and um, I'll, I'll keep letting you know when, uh, when the shows are going on. There's uh, also another cool hip-hop show going on on July 19th at the library and uh, that features some past guests of the podcast, Max91, and uh, a more recent guest, Sir Nye, was just on the show. He's going to be there that night. And, um, yeah, some other great artists. Empress, your favorite rapper, is going to be uh, – she's on that night. And I'm blanking on the other other people involved, and I'm sorry. I don't have the, uh, I don't have the, the deal in front of me. But that's going to be another fun night of music as well. So – uh, one last date before we uh, kind of get into this thing. But I will be DJing at Church Bar. Ernie Moose Johnson, the moose is loose. Again, um, I will be at Church Bar here in Portland. Um, really excited for that set. That's going to be cool. It's going to be the most music that I've, uh, the most time that I've done. So I'm, uh, you know, I'm putting together that set and trying to, trying to figure out how to keep it interesting but i will be over there at church bar july 30th it's a tuesday night 9 p.m to 1 a.m you know really doing it on a weeknight you know pushing the limits my 30s can't hold me down people i'm doing the thing i'm gonna hate myself the next day but uh also pickathon's coming up the wonderful pickathon festival that i was exposed to a few years ago here in uh just outside of portland oregon in, in happy valley amazing music festival there's still tickets available and uh if you're looking for an incredible uh weekend of music with really dope camping set up just camping right next to stages and stuff there's, there's none of this business where you camp two miles away from what's actually happening it's all it's all happening in, in the, on one farm in the forest amazing it's great it's uh the first weekend in august i'm really stoked to uh to be doing interviews out there again for the festival and uh i'm gonna be doing a live form interview as well which is gonna be rad it'd be kind of kind of like doing this the uh the the interviews with the folks but uh, i'll be doing it in front of like 75 people so that'll be a lot of fun so looking forward to the uh the pickathon hopefully the sun comes out by then really like that if the sun would just stay out so these goddamn clouds all the time don't worry, I'm fine. Um, episode 170. This uh, was a uh, a great hang with uh, 
with Cloud Castle. Um, I've, I've had the opportunity to uh, hang out with this dude over the last uh, couple years, I guess, and uh, get to know him a bit. And I've had the opportunity uh, to see him perform many times with a full band called Adverse Effects. And I've seen him solo under uh, this persona of, uh, of Cloud Castle. And um, it was great to catch up with him. It had been a long time. A lot has happened since, since we chatted. And uh, the, the Adverse Effects people uh, are uh, some people that's, that I hold, hold close to my heart. And uh, there's some folks I, I think of often. And for anybody that listens to this podcast regularly will remember, um, I guess, about a year and a half ago, creeping up um, on two years, tragic bike accident, and uh, Boyd Littell, unreal person, amazing musician, and uh, the, the drummer for Adverse Effects passed away um, out of nowhere, and it was... Uh, just obviously a huge hit to his uh, his adverse effects family and and all the people that he touched and I felt very fortunate to have had the opportunity to build a friendship with Boyd the last six months of his uh, his life and and somebody I had the opportunity to get to know and have a lot of cool conversations with and and just a dude that was very inspiring to me and um, was. Uh, kind of this representation to me that life is not a race and you don't have to get to certain places by a certain time as long as you um, enjoy and and love doing what you are doing. So rest in peace to Boyd, as always. Um, dude, I uh, I think about often in, as far as uh, finding some inspiration on the days that are... Uh, where, where it's feeling like I'm out of gas, you know, and uh, dude's just a fucking legend, and um, I remember the night that we had the memorial here for him, just all these amazing people sharing these these stories about Boyd and uh, just the, the beautiful life that he lived definitely seems seems to inspire so many of the folks that that he was uh he was close with or even hearing stories of people that had one interaction with Boyd and it just like left a mark on them so um I really appreciate uh Fiji for sitting down with me man and and uh not only talking about his his new project Cloud Castle um or the new world that he is trying to create through art with that um the whole thing that is Cloud Castle. Um, but, I, yeah, I just also appreciate him opening up a little bit about, you know, the the healing process, the mourning process of, of this whole thing and um, just how it's how Boyd has is, is impacted things. But, uh, but also just sharing some really uh, fun, cool Boyd stories. And uh, I just want to give a shout-out to the, the whole Adverse fam, um, Spencer Keys, Vincent Jaime, Benjay Farber, um, and and the uh, 
the era of folks that that made up the band before some of those people um you know much love to to you folks as well um after after i had this this chat um with Feige, we uh he asked me if i would if i would like to hear some of the unreleased um adverse effects tracks that are um that that are going to be rolling out at some point and uh that was it was a uh, it was a very uh a special moment to get to go listen to some of that stuff and and there was a uh, there's a lot a lot of raw emotion in uh in these tracks and um i i yeah just can't thank him enough for allowing me to uh get a sneak peek into that and just kind of have this this intimate listen uh to this music with him and and uh yeah it was a it was a very special thing to me and uh i i can't wait for everybody to hear these new adverse effects tracks um they're they're beautiful and uh there's a couple newer tracks that have been released since boyd's passing that are up there too so so check that those out as well but i'm also really excited about all this cloud castle music um there's there's just a uh there's a different presence to this this stuff and i think it it's uh it's going to going to allow for exploring a lot of different dynamics and um allowing for a lot of different influences to uh to show themselves in this so uh we're gonna we're gonna get into this thing i will put all the uh links in the episode notes um i'll put cloud castle's instagram handle i'll put the adverse instagram handle all that jazz will be there um please um follow cloud castle on uh on spotify that helps build listeners it's uh super important so um if you dig what you hear just give it a follow on Spotify and and uh, a follow on on the social medias those those numbers uh, signify things to people and uh, are important to the growth of independent artists. So that's the jams. I know we're it's it's lengthy. It's a lengthy episode. It's a lengthy intro. But you know, listen to what you want. But uh, I I really appreciated this conversation and. Uh, we're doing the thing. We're going to get into episode 170 of the Dan Cable Presents podcast. Cloud Castle is on the show, and uh, we're kicking it off with the first jam that was released under this moniker. It's called Anime and Sushi. Let's do the thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Scotch. She lighted with a blood torch, way up 
body wide, mommy moving like a cobra Power like the two but it never take a over Any titan trying to attack, my big gon' splatter them Doesn't matter when mommy is, mommy got to act Floating through an acid mist, organ rolls and acid trips All of on some savage shit, David mixed with peppermint Haters try to find a home, but they don't know the half of it Smoked out like I'm coughing, bitch, all I know this track is lit Soft a bird again, silly bro. Mix the roots with Molly, that, that's what we call a Philly roll. So high, that's what we call a Philly roll. Chillin' in the basement of a bird again, silly bro. Toadstool, straight laughing at these old fools Like it's so bruised, take notes, dude It's a cold world, get some snowshoes It's a new world, your old news Better go soon, before we roast you All that matters to me is we be we I love you, that's so Let's do the thing. Mm-hmm. Cloud Castle on the program. DC. The you know the artist formerly known as uh, Jay Fiji, Josh Rannick. Sometimes we don that cat. You know. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Um, Appreciate it. to chat it up with you. It is uh, it is crazy how the time goes by because I am. Uh, this is going to be episode 170. Damn, dude. But it was episode like 30 or 31 yeah. that Adverse Effects rolled through. The legendary <laughs> the legendary band, Adverse oh, Effects. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking about that today. That it, yeah, it's been, like th- it's been like three years Damn, since, since that session. And, uh, that was a good day. That was uh, a very good day. And uh, 
that was that was an important day for me, like for the podcast and uh, developing some very cool relationships that day because hey, I, uh, I, I think I kind of only had like contact with you um, prior to you guys coming in for that session. Like I didn't know the yeah, band, yeah. except for Vince from playing some different open mics. Oh, right on. So everybody was kind of uh, <laughs> strangers to me, sure. but by the end of that session. Uh, I don't know. I felt uh, very comfortable and uh, just like a part of the gang after that yeah, that yeah. Uh, that hang, and and it was just a, a pleasure to have you guys in the studio and just yeah, just one of those those legendary sessions to me. That was a good one, man. That was a that was a damn fine day. It was Mountain Air, right? Yeah, yeah, man. yeah, yeah. That was beautiful. Yeah, those videos are up there still on the on the YouTube channel. Oh, people still like hit me with that dark night one they're like how come you never told us dark night was online <laughs> like this right the boy uh, like stank facing in his own dude, little room yeah so <laughs> so good so good uh, yeah. um but yeah that was that was just a, a cool session and, and then since then just kind of you know kept kept following what you guys were all doing and, and uh it was it was just cool to uh to just kind of have some insight on that that whole process and uh just getting to hang out with the band like thereafter at shows and and it was it was just always always put a smile on my face to see any yeah, one yeah. of you because you were all just uh not only in great musicians but just uh incredibly kind people oh, so man. yeah 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 well we love you dc <laughs> <laughs> that's why we were so nice we're normally assholes <laughs> normally uh very terrible people yeah. <laughs> but uh we just figured you deserve the same kindness that you put out <laughs> i appreciate it i appreciate it Hell yeah. um but yeah man since you know what is it it's been like a year since you started rolling out this uh this cloud castle project yeah 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 i've been working on it actually i was working on it um about two years ago I had uh, had this like seed of an idea for the anime and sushi track around like before I'd even moved to Portland, and I kind of knew like I had that hook like stashed in my mind for such a long time, and I was just like, "This isn't quite an adverse song. Like it's, it doesn't have the same like traditional boom bap vibe to it. Like I wanted to go more contemporary with it." And Benja and I were, you know, Benja's engineering and producing chops are crazy good and like just watching that cat like get better and better every year is nuts but we ended up popping in the studio and i was like dude i really want to make this like anime track that i've been like tossing around in my head for like it was a good like three or four years at that point and yeah we made that track in like uh man it probably only took like two hours just something that came together yeah it was very organic it was very just kind of you know like when you're in the room and you just know like something like good something special is happening and, like felt new it felt like new growth and so decided like this would be a good track for like first single for a solo project um, yeah yeah <laughs> uh so is that the the production of the the music on that one is that something you worked with Benjay on or did he kind of already have that uh that beat oh no yeah we <clears throat> we like built that from scratch together oh so we had this uh 
you know, we were in the studio and I had the hook already and just kind of started messing around. I was like giving him reference tracks of like, I, I, I think our reference track was actually this like Lil Yachty track, <laughs> which like <laughs> it, it, it's um it's a sample like from Mario 64 that Yachty uses. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I kind of want like this vibe for it. And like, yeah, we just kind of rolled from there and turned it out. I mean, I, you know, Benja just adds so much depth to his tracks. He's so skilled at like every instrument that he's able to play in there that it's madness. Yeah. He's, he's ridiculous, dude. His, and he's, I don't know. He just does shit that to me that is so experimental. Yeah, it seems yeah. to be his wheelhouse. Dude, he's a madman. We, <laughs> we were always like, yo, if you like threw Benja in the middle of the rainforest, he, like, and then like found him in like three years, he'd have like a new type of music, like made out of like rainforest, like, like everything environmental from the, <laughs> from the area. <laughs> be like, like, that, that kid's so crazy. He'd figure out something. Yeah, man. <laughs> figure out how to make things work that, yeah. that make no sense. Yeah. Um, was that uh, was that kind of the first time you guys got in the studio or you know in that mode to put that song together like post Boyd passing? And that was actually while Boyd was still here. Okay. Uh, cool enough. Yeah, I got to like hit Boyd with anime and sushi, play it for him. He was like, "Oh shit, this the, is dope." <laughs> oh, that's 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 awesome. Yeah. So. So that was rad. Um, we had worked on some other projects too. We had this thing we still might like draw back on. It's called Game Over. And it's just like we were like making this like hip hop video game idea. It was like called The Quest for the Golden Mic. And we were just making like tracks to go along with each level. Um, but it, it was like super ambitious. And we just kind of got like, oh shit, like, well, how are we supposed to make a video game? Like, yeah, one of those concepts yeah. that, that just has, like, a lot more uh, depth than you realized uh, yeah. <laughs> to it when yeah. trying to, like, actually construct it. We were just absolutely blazed and, like, running with ideas in the studio. It did make some dope music, but, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll see. Maybe yeah. when we have more resources. Um, yeah, so were you, like, aside from anime and sushi, did you have the idea for, you know, this uh, this cloud castle persona and character was that is that something that has been in existence for a long time in your mind or um mm, you know it, it it wasn't really a thing until i started i was writing a lot with with adverse we were writing a bunch of new music and i found that <clears throat> a lot of the stuff i was writing i kind of wanted a different vibe from what i knew the band would do with it and i've i've always been like more of a dude to work with other people. I, I love bouncing ideas off of people. I love like receiving both like the praise and criticism from your peers and like working really closely in tandem with a team. It's like a lot more interesting to me than just doing everything myself. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that, but you know. Yeah. And so whenever I had these ideas, I was like, you know, it took me a second to want to kind of like work up the nerve to start making them my own and like have my own music. This is like a whole different identity as a musician to go from like being in a five piece band to 
putting something out that like you want to call yours. And so I think for the first like year of writing those tracks, I kind of, I didn't have a name for it. I didn't have like really anything that I had intentioned on it. You know, I was still just kind of building that solo like confidence and just doing it because it's like as an expression of just stuff that you wouldn't necessarily do with adverse or yeah 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 Yeah, it just felt good to get out i mean like as a writer you always just want to write like it doesn't have to be perfect every time it's not going to be perfect every time so you kind of just want to you know write as much as possible and use your gift and if if a situation comes where it's gonna be used then you know that's that's great. That's really lucky, but you know, it doesn't have to. Yeah. But those ideas were for that stuff was all kind of happening as adverse was happening and, and that hiatus with adverse kind of maybe propel you into, into, you know, starting to explore this thing as, as something to, to put to the stage and, and share with people. It was right around the same time. Like, um, at the time, right before like adverse had gone on hiatus, um, Corgi and Bass had like asked me to slide through and like hop on a feature, and we did that All Hollows track. Um, and I was just getting a little more like solo work and featured artist work. And I think you know when you when you start getting that stuff, especially from like people as dope as like Corgi in the community, and you really want to explore that avenue um so it it kind of it just kind of happened organically like manifested itself out of like both adverse doing really well in the community and me having these ideas and like writing all these things that you know i didn't know if i was going to use and it was cool just felt completely natural yeah for sure. I, I mean, I think it clearly, you know, we kicked the episode off with Anime and Sushi, and that was the, the first song that you kind of introduced yeah. um, to the to the world as Cloud Castle. Yeah, and, yeah. And, I, you know, it's um, it's very clear that, it's there, you know, there's going to be a different dynamic to this thing. Yeah. You know, and but it's great to see. Hell yeah, man. Because it's... Uh, I don't know, man. You're, you're a very impressive MC to me and an artist. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, and DC. Like I, I nice. think, I would imagine that that's the amount of time that you spent doing this thing with a band behind you that that really got you, like, in tune with how the fuck to find a pocket. And how to stay in time Shit, and find rhythm because <laughs> because man your your technicality is is what's like always very impressive to me you know and I I know like you had an incredible mentor yeah man to to you know help you develop as an artist and learn from the best you know and rest in peace to void rest in peace um, tragic accident and you know no no easy way to address that and and whatnot and we can kind of touch on it however you would like to throughout the episode yeah man um absolutely but yeah dude your your technicality on the mic is is the thing like you you spit bullets thanks you know? and, shit, man. and it's uh, it 
like to bring Make somebody this brown to, man blush, DC. Yeah, well, Damn, I mean, I don't know, man. <laughs> like the adverse thing was it was important to me. Like I feel very fortunate to to have witnessed that era of, of adverse effects. And I know mm. there was one before. Yeah. It got to Portland. You know, but I, I saw the the Portland adverse effects and that lineup with Spencer Keys and, yeah, and Vincent Jaime and, and Benje on on the bass and, and Ewan Boyd. And that was a band that just always blew me away and it always um it's like a band they like if your friend was in Portland and and your and adverse effects was playing, it's like Dude, I'm gonna take you to some show that's, <laughs> that's just really gonna, I think, blow your mind tonight. Hell yeah! And uh, a huge part of that was was that that dynamic between you and Boyd spitting back and forth. A- absolutely. And absolutely. um, and and watching Boyd, you know, play on the kit and and be spitting. Like, yeah, just and rap like un- and unreal. But but <laughs> yeah, dude. But your technicality was just always like mind boggling to me. But also the uh like the the way that your your capability to to manipulate your voice i think mm. without effects because i like the cloud castle shit's fun because you know it does seem more experimental in that way that like yeah, maybe yeah. we're, we're going to fuck like with smato tune here stuff, with like yeah. anime and sushi and and some other shit with like optimus prime right but yeah i've like always enjoyed you know, watching you live because I think a lot of that manipulation you can do naturally just yeah, with yeah. your voice. And that's, that shit was always very cool to me. That's always been a, that, I mean, that's probably like the funnest thing for me as an MC. I love, you know, I love like writing and I love <clears throat> just like triplets, cadence, like vocal technicality, but like dynamic, like that that to me feels like the ultimate shift when you can like really create some like departure from you and another MC where you can like take your voice and make it your own in like all these different ranges and like, you know, being able to do like, like even tracks like on, on Valley of Darkness, I'd like almost get like super aggro yeah. with it. And then like in on like Dark Knight, it's almost like more of a like Del the Funky Homo Sabian like, I take you back to class. You read the past. You come and like to me to look in the looking glass and tell me what you see. It's like, yeah, dude. that stuff's all like so much fun to just like try out different like vocal ranges and like make it your own. You know, there's no like bad voice. It's your voice for so, sure. Like, or I love the uh, like on live for the moment when you when you get into like the Slipknot flow. Like, you oh, get, you yeah, get real yeah. aggro like in the, in that area too. It's just like, right. Yeah, man. yeah, dude. Yes. Yeah, yeah, like if I, if I'm pissed off, I'm not gonna rap like super calm. That like doesn't make sense. Like to me, it doesn't make sense. You know, some people like pull that off. They can be like calm about their shit, but like I'm like hype. I'm like hype, and I like I can't fake the funk. Like it's very like I, I just want to put it out there. Yeah, where do you, where do you think your your kind of love um, for wanting to you know be able to like manipulate your voice in different ways and and kind of have that. Is that just like a, a wide range of exposure of different artists that influence you and you just wanted to be able to mimic many different sounds? Yeah, man. I mean, I think I've always been like into a lot of different genres and different music in general. Um, so like I don't see any reason as like a hip hop artist to like limit yourself to the vocal ranges of hip hop artists like that they just give you. It's like I, you know. Like, if you fuck with, like, 
the clash you're gonna want to like do some shit that's like kind of like you know a little harder a little more like screamy or like the ramones you know i like that like old like late 70s early 80s like punk scene yeah i, I think there's like a lot of parallels with the hip-hop scene too yeah yeah absolutely punk crowds and, and hip-hop crowds yeah you know, it's, it's all like you know it's an anti kind of establishment uh vibe on both sides of it a lot of the time and, yeah you know they're released genres you know like they get your like emotional angst and anxiety like out there and put it on stage on the forefront like into your ear holes and i like that's what i want to hear like i want to hear that people like aren't doing like okay you know i want to feel like i'm okay because no one's okay you know and kind of like let's like fight for a better world kind of shit instead of like I don't know. <laughs> I think we talked about it on like the adverse pop, but like the club shit kind of drives me crazy sometimes. Sometimes I think it's dope, but yeah, for the most part, I'm like, I don't know, man. Like I don't, I don't know how people make songs like Old Town Road. Like I don't know how to do that. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I think that's the you know whether you like it or not, you know, in any of maybe what hits the pop top 40 billboard and, yeah. and, and you know there's some good music that creeps in there yeah there's great music and um too. but you know as much as you might not like some of that shit that there's there's an art to making that there's like a formula and an art to to making that type of music too and absolutely but, but uh yeah no nah, i'm not like i'm not like like you know shitting on that kind of music i don't want like I want it to come off that way. It's just like I like that. That's not like who I am it's as an artist. You. Like I don't, I don't know how to make like music like that. But then I'm like, you know, immediately as I say that, I'm like, well, fuck, anime and sushi is kind of like, yeah. That's, yeah. It. I, that's exactly <laughs> what I was gonna say right now. It's just like, <laughs> but like anime and sushi definitely is this hooky ear candy song. Yeah, that you know could easily get some play. No, with the right the yeah. right thing you know <laughs> the yeah. right retweet oh, sends that song like and, and you know you might be doing the coachella set hell yeah and maybe <laughs> yeah maybe there's some other dude on a podcast like talking it out and just realizing like oh shit like no i think i was wrong when i said that just now <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's great it's crazy you never know you just never know what's gonna what's gonna bang or click or yeah. get that you know hit that viral status or something not that I don't know. I don't. I don't get the sense that you're you're chasing anything down like that. Like you were. You were. Oh, I you think. Know, I think but, a little bit of. I think a little bit of that's in everyone. Yeah. Trying to make music, like you just want, you know, straight up, you want people to like it. You want so people like, to hear it. Yeah, and the more people, the better. Honestly, I mean, you know, if if you're doing your thing on art, sorry. Yeah, oh, you're good. Packages. <laughs> He's pushing weight. <laughs> uh, this episode is unofficially sponsored by FedEx. The FedEx special. It looks like a. Uh, it looks like the size of an envelope of the old Netflix packages <laughs> that you used to get. If you got the actual disc. Ooh. Is this the men who stare at goats on DVD? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a super thrilling 
four pack of ballpoint pens. Oh, dude. <laughs> that, those must have been a killer deal. I am hyper confused about that. <laughs> That's all right. I ordered a, uh, a case for my DJ controller the other day, and it was uh, from an uncertified user. And they ended up sending me like screws and bolts instead. What? Yeah, I got, I got a, uh, I got scammed. Oh shit! Don't. Yeah, I didn't realize that there was like only one star for this user. So it's really my fault for not doing any like research on the, uh, the user. But they had some previous complaints as well about their, uh, you know. Damn. Man. Their reputation was not uh, not supreme. Yeah. It seems that. But it's fine. It, it was. <laughs> uh, it wasn't like some crazy amount, but it was kind of fucked. Yeah, um, that's not cool. It's fine. You gotta it's watch fine. yourself online these days. What? Um, what's like your personal early exposure to music? Mm. My dad played a just a ton of <laughs> Hendrix growing up. A lot of uh, <laughs> waking me up every day of the summer to Purple Haze <laughs> or. Uh, he used to play like Black Sabbath and throw on like Iron Man. He'd just be like, because he had his record player set up against the wall that like shared with my bed. So whenever he felt like I was like being a lazy asshole kid. When it was time to wake up, he just put Crazy Train on? Or- yeah, man. Yeah. Or like, yeah. <laughs> like Zeppelin, something like that. I mean, he was, a, he's pretty into like rock. It's like 60s rock straight up. So. Did you uh, did you accept and dig that, or did you, or were you like pretty uninterested at, at the time? It was kind of weird because I felt like he was weaponizing it. But <laughs> 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 I uh, I definitely dug it, man. I mean, it was cool. I hadn't. We grew up. I grew up in D.C. until I was six, and so my cousins were always rocking like. Um, Bone Thugs and Harmony at a really young age. And I, I like still to this day would probably consider Bone Thugs like one of my favorite hip hop groups, if not groups in general. But um, they weren't really like I didn't really hear a lot of the music my parents were playing. I just remember a lot of like hanging out with my cousin when I was a kid. So whenever we'd moved to Oklahoma and we got that house, I think that was when my dad's music really started coming more to the forefront. Yeah. What was going on. But when you heard Bone Thugs and some of that, that rap and hip hop, was that the first time you heard music that really kind of was resonating with you and something you were in maybe enjoying a little bit more? Yeah. I mean, you know, who doesn't enjoy Bone Thugs? <laughs> <laughs> I just think, you know, I think more than anything, I think the like melodic nature that they present is like it was just cool like you go around the world and you hear like you know a lot of different musics and like you never hear someone doing what like bone thugs does i feel weird going off on this tangent about bone no you shouldn't you You don't even understand the tangents that have gone on yeah on this podcast you're you're totally okay i mean i think it's i don't know i like i like to hear about like records that or or artists that you know have had an impact on people yeah i think that it's different for everybody you know there's obviously like a lot of the the uh the mainstays the 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 staples and in all of the genres and stuff but Mm -hmm. you know 
it's interesting to know, you know, what stuck out early and maybe has like stuck with you a little bit. I'll tell you the first act that got me thinking like I want to do that. Yeah. Outcast. Okay. The Equemini album and hearing the way Big Boy comes back in, you know, after they're like, it's him and I, Equemini, and then you got that like reverb sound going out, and then it like does that almost like shoots back into the track. And he's like, my name is Big Boy, Daddy Fat Sex. And like, yeah. it just comes right back in. Like that moment, I remember that was probably the first time I ever got chills from just hearing like a song. I was like, that was like mad cool energy. Like I want to be able to like recreate that. How how old were you, would you say, at this time? Man, I was probably like 12. Okay. I would say I was 12. So pretty early. It was pretty early. That, decently early. You know? Yeah. Where you heard something like that and said, oh, how do I? Right. Oh, I do this. Yeah. And were you write were you writing any poetry or anything or were you expressing yourself in that way at that Yeah, that time? yeah. I'd always been I'd always been writing poetry. Um I thought it was really interesting in like uh what was it maybe like 4th grade, 4th grade when I was like 9. I was really young in my grade. I was the youngest kid in my graduating class actually. But um, in fourth grade, I remember my teachers saying that poetry used to be an Olympic event. You know that? Really? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, damn. Like, that's super cool. You're and athletic like, as fuck. Yeah, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, you got to work that mind. Like, that, I don't know. That to me was like really eye-opening. I was like, oh, damn. Like, I love writing. I like you know, just, I loved reading at the time and loved like writing my own little stories and started reading, um, a lot of like Shel Silverstein, especially. I really like, you, you ever read those? No. No Shel Silverstein? No, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm a terrible reader. No. You're like what good. books are we talking about? He does, man. There's like that attic one that he does that I remember from, uh, like what kind of uh what kind of genre? They're just like hilarious little poems, like quirky ass okay. weird poems. <laughs> I don't really know. A light in the attic. Okay. Yeah, man. And then falling up. Oh I remember, like like you recognize those? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and yeah, like man. the uh man, the side like there was like a sidewalk. Man, I'm, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yes. I had I had I did have a couple of those books. Okay. Right on. Sorry. No, yes, you're good. I know exactly what you're talking about now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just some of the, the they were like very like quirky. Yeah, yeah. And it's not, you know, it's not like great like life-changing poetry but for like a kid like accessible it and was, a little different. It was nice, man. It was yeah, yeah. it's just like something that like really resonated with me. And between that and like I think we were also reading The Phantom Tollbooth that year. Okay. And I just kind of started like writing a lot of poetry at the time about like nothing is like you know it was like a nine-year-old kid yeah. like <laughs> writing poems about but there was like some cool stuff in there about like you know at the time like having grown up with two white parents and like being adopted and just feeling like you know very lucky but also like very different though I think I think writing's always been a really great outlet for me to like 
kind of get down to things that maybe I don't even know I'm thinking about yeah. sometimes. So. Find your identity a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Man. No, I thought, yeah, I think that's some of the, something that's like very uh, exciting to me about writing or very comforting is that sometimes it seems to like reveal things mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. What, I mean, you, what kind of, what kind of writing are you doing? Um, just in the past of like songwriting, like nice. lyrics and everything. Right on. Yeah. Just growing up playing in bands and yeah. I was always writing lyrics as a kid, even kind of before like bands. Really? Yeah. I, I always dug writing. Too. I like I always dug writing too. That was right the thing. It's like I did I don't know. I did like high school newspaper. Oh, word. You know, and uh yeah, it's been cool to like get to do a bunch of writing for Vortex these last couple of years yeah, because that was man. that was something I forgot. I I don't know. I almost forgot that I used to do article writing and, <laughs> and that I actually really enjoy it. So yeah. It's good, um, man. Thanks for the dope Cloud Castle ride, oh, yeah. by the way. Absolutely. Happy to, you know, support in any way possible. But um, but even writing now, you yeah. know, when I'm writing songs, um, I'll, I'll, I don't know, I'll spout off a line to myself, you know, sometimes. Yeah, it kind of hits I, that chord, right? I think it it can uh, <laughs> almost be unsettling or surprising <laughs> sometimes when, when you – when you say something and you know have to kind of reckon with that and be like oh is that is that what i'm feeling or is that how i you know well i think that's like kind of the coolest part about writing is like if you do find that the ability to be like okay like that's an interesting feeling it's like hitting something in me that like wasn't there like let's dig into that instead yeah. of just saying like oh like i don't like that like don't <laughs> let's not like unhatch whatever that is is like it's real cool to kind of like dig it up and really examine your feeling. I mean, you know, I think like almost all artists are like empaths and like very in tune with like how other people are feeling and they want, they want you to know like you're, you know, it's like part of being an artist is a constant struggle to convince yourself and everyone else that they're like not alone. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely, man. No, I, I mean, I've definitely found a lot of uh, therapeutic use of songwriting and and just like digging into stuff, yeah, that way, and uh, so much comfort in that, you know, and like, uh, you know, as as uncomfortable as like maybe or surprising, I say would say would maybe be a more appropriate term, you know, when I surprise myself with with something, yeah, that I write down, especially, I don't know, I'm sure you are a, a person. That probably has uh, some journals laying around from, or like you know, just just different, maybe some different things that have yeah poetry or or lyrics written down over the years on on different things. Yeah, I got mad folders. It's just funny going back through some of that stuff. I found a, a re, some some journals recently from you know ten years ago. Oh, just kind of going real? through these things and oh man, it was so. I mean, that was such an dramatic time in my life to me like I was, I was so so much i don't know it was just dramatic and yeah and it's it's funny but but then sometimes i see a line and i'm very very impressed with myself yeah, i say hey like draw something. that's a good one yeah, you know? yeah that, that, like, that one that one holds up i see you know? young 18 year old me was uh you know 
Yeah. Isn't it all stupid? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to flip this record. And- yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So did you, uh, did you find over time um, that, you, that you were kind of starting to use the, the poetry as like a confessional in, in, your, in your space to, to work everything out then? Mm. Kind of that comfort, comfort zone for that stuff? It was, it was a little bit of that. And on a, you know, I don't think that was like the first thing that came to mind. It wasn't like, oh, like I'm talking about my feelings and this is great. It was just like something like that felt new and exciting and different. And I, I, I probably spent a good like uh, seven. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I was in my first hip hop group when I was 15. So six years with not sharing my poetry with anyone, like not really like doing much of much of anything with it, just writing for myself. And then when I heard Aquemini, I was like, okay, this is this is massive. And also one of these dudes is like writing like I was very convinced that Andre 3000 was the greatest poet of all time. Like that was my like soapbox that I was going to school with when I was like 12 years old. I was like, you guys got to listen to this Andre 3000 dude. And like nobody knew who I was talking about or like what? Oh, I'm good, man. Thank you. Um, So when do you get kind of your first opportunity to start putting some of that poetry to in motion as with, with some music and, and kind of using it more as a rapper. Yeah, I was in this uh, <laughs> super embarrassing hip hop duo <laughs> called the Supersonics. Oh uh, yeah! When I was like in high school, and it's it's totally fine, dude. I used to look like Fat Kid Rock, so we're fine. <laughs> wearing like fedoras and like yeah, dude. It's fine. Don't even don't even worry about it. you. Un- unrecognizable. That's amazing. Unrecognizable. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, it was me and my homie Sam, and um, it was like kind of this cool like vibe of just two. He was from Puerto Rico, and so we were just like two island kids, like in the middle of Oklahoma, like trying to make some hip hop music, listening to like you know anything that Rockefeller was putting out at the time. It was just, like, were there any like local shows in that area of Oklahoma? No, and like especially. Like, there might have been, but we didn't know about them. I mean, we played, like, one show, and it was at a, like, Starbucks. <laughs> so, like, it wasn't really, like, we never really performed. Yeah. We, but we did, like, we made all these CDs. We printed, like, 200 CDs, and the album was called, like, the new hotness. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys were making some music, yeah, just, uh, just yeah. on like some basic fruity, like yeah, it was all like loops. on fruity loops version, like two point oh. All right, like just, just like not great, but you know, it was like important for me as an artist, and like we flipped all two hundred of those copies for like five dollars a pop at our schools, and then went and bought like actual professional like recording gear and like upgraded the like studio production and like put out another album and like 
doubled up on that too. So like, it was really cool for a second. We were just like little kids hustling, like <laughs> just like making hip hop music, slaying CDs. That's awesome, dude. Like, that's that's killer. It was fun. I did the, I did uh, I did these ridiculous prank call CDs in high school. <laughs> for real. Yeah. What's and, your best prank call? Oh, uh, you know, you know, time allows people to grow. You know, <laughs> you, you know like this is a different time, and you know, you just. I hear. There's you. just like a lot on there that would be so offensive now. Oh yeah. You know, like just doing like bad Indian voices and stuff oh, like yeah. that. You know, like it would be terrible now. Right. Like yeah. shit, I would never even think to do now but i was like 14 yeah when you're a kid you're dumb and you don't know and what you're doing. and also you know just being somebody that really got off on you know making people laugh oh yeah i found this thing that you know right. people were get like a group of friends group of dudes in the house just all listening in on this prank call yeah you know and everybody's just trying to keep their shit together <laughs> while i'm doing it and just everybody very entertained but we uh Dude, we used to, yeah, we we sold them at lunchtime. I made a volume one. It sold yeah. out like the first day. Right on. Uh, we just burned a bunch of copies and they would have like 14 or 15 prank calls on this CD. <laughs> and they sold out, dude. Some, yeah. some people made bootleg. They burned their own copies and bootlegged them. Damn, you got bootlegged? Yeah, it was crazy. And then we made a it's volume an two. Right on. Insane. But What were they called? Um the first one was called You Don't Want to See Me in the Heater. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's ridiculous, dude. Right on. We can bury that in the backyard. Yeah. We'll dig a hole. No, bury absolutely. That along with the new hotness. <laughs> <laughs> the new hotness. Yeah, no, it would have been like a cool double feature. Right but, on. Um, so after like high school, um when do you when do you end up in norman then man i like okay so i like graduated high school i'll give you like the short rundown okay. graduated high school got a full ride scholarship to arkansas uh drank what kind of what kind of uh scholarship uh it was academic academic nice yeah, man. Uh, well it was like academic minority scholarships called the silas hunt award that was the 2005 uh recipient Dude, of that award uh, winner yeah. Everyone on the on the podcast. Sup, we, got Silas? Award, we got award winners here. <laughs> um, but yeah, did not respect the terms of that agreement. Um, ended up partying a lot at Arkansas and moved back home. Kicked it in community college for a couple of years and then decided I uh, was ready to go back to school. And I had also gotten out of a relationship that I wasn't too stoked on so i was like let's make a move and so we uh my friend lauren and i ended up going down and uh moving to norman oklahoma is that is that kind of uh is norman kind of i don't know like the cool spot of oklahoma like where you would experience <laughs> maybe maybe some like some art and culture or in in that sense no or is there, is there like <laughs> um, is it just a college town you can find I mean, you can definitely find it. It's like any city. You can find it. Okay. Um, it, it is. It's just a college town. Um, you find your your crowd, your crew. And the cool thing about Oklahoma is that there's so many shitty people that when you find someone cool, you know they're cool. 
and uh, there's not much doubt about it. So we were able to make, you know, pretty good friends, find our group. I mean, like uh, the Norman scene is deep and the musicians all like hustle, work their asses off there. And, you know, I know almost every goddamn one of them and love each of them. And it's uh it's a town that definitely loves like the artists that come from it and supports itself. They got like the Norman music festival out there. It's like a free festival for all the people that live in Norman every year. I mean, there's like a goddamn mural for Boyd now, right? Yeah. There's a mural out there. (laughs) I mean, they, they go, go hard for the local scene. Yeah, man. They, they, yeah, they honor their folks and that's very cool. Yeah. I I love it. During all that time of you kind of bouncing around between the, the different college situations, were you still always writing and recording music in some fashion no i wasn't doing any of that oh so you kind of you kind of stopped after high school then yeah i'd I'd like um i I was maybe writing a little bit um here and there but i i kind of i got like you know there's really no like easy way to say it i just got like super into partying for a bit yeah it just wasn't like (laughs) a lot of focus on on like like doing your art or anything yeah i was just like kind of perpetually recovering and like hanging out yeah like, for sure with friends i i hadn't had like super like a, a bigger friend group ever so that was the first time that i'd hung out with like a lot of people um that i felt really like close to and cool with and i still talk to a lot of those guys like today i mean they're all good people it's just you know freshman year of college got caught up but um yeah i wasn't really doing any writing at the time and i think uh i think you know kind of the path that I've taken uh, has really led me back to writing a lot more and just being able to like refocus on art and the importance that it holds in my life. Yeah. When, when did you, uh, when did you return to it then after stepping away from it a little bit? I'll tell you, you want to know I met Boyd? Cause that's, is like kind of the same story. Absolutely. I was, Tripping acid at this party in Norman um, with my homie Chris, the big bear, and his friend Chris uh, <laughs> Adams. And um, we ran into this dude, Taylor Graham, who was also tripping acid and he plays bass. And I had this like rap I'd written up, and I was just like, I had been talking to like some producers and <clears throat> about maybe like sending me some stuff and I I like spit this rap for this dude and he go, <laughs> he like stopped me mid through midway through he's like yo shut up we have a show this Friday at the deli will you come perform and I was like he's like you being serious right now like you know I was like tripping so I was like <laughs> <laughs> like everything's fuzzy yeah and like I'd never you know up until this point my biggest performance was like arguably in a starbucks so you weren't necessarily like a seasoned performer in front of crowds and whatnot at all yeah at all like no little to no experience none none didn't even know how to like check a mic type shit so you weren't weren't doing the the vegetable rundown for the mic check yet you weren't yelling about sauteed kale and shit right yeah 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 (laughs) not giving them the quinoa the couscous (laughs) quite yet we didn't know about the cars. So good they <laughs> named it twice. 
no, so we were like, and, and, you know, he's playing at the deli and like, we had seen this dude perform at the deli and like his band was like, they slam, like they were fucking fun and they always packed the house. The deli's kind of like, just like dope divey bar that like says the capacity is 117 but they're plugging like 150 in there like Hell easy yeah. <laughs> they serve like 32 ounce red cups of like mystery beer it's like that kind of vibe like it's smoky they up until like a few years ago they still let you like smoke in the venue kind of thing now the artists get to call it which is cool but there was like i mean that was our spot that was like where we'd seen like and i you know i had seen boyd and like some other groups and been like out but I didn't like really know who he was. I wasn't like plugged into the scene yet. But anyway, I'm like performing with this dude. And Boyd <clears throat> approaches me after the set. I think it was after like the third or fourth time I had played with them. But it was like going crazy well. Like people were just erupting. They'd start bringing me on for like two songs, three songs a night. Like you're starting to get a little more comfortable. I'm assuming as as it goes. Oh on. yeah, man. You know what's cool? Like I don't want to. I don't want to like sound like an asshole, but like I was like pretty natural. Like it was something I'd always wanted. And like, I just, I felt very confident. Yeah. With, like a mic in my hand on stage. And, that's, that's dope, dude. Yeah. I don't think that makes you sound like an asshole at all. I think some right. people are very like, just don't have a lot of nerves about, you know, performing and, and whatnot and just really, live within that space and really lean into it right right you know yeah i mean i get more nerves like sitting in a room with my parents <laughs> than i do like on stage in front sure. of a bunch of strangers so. <laughs> <laughs> no that's that's awesome yeah but yeah it was going well and one night um boyd approached me and he's like hey man uh i caught a couple of your shows to be honest like i can't really understand what you're saying because i don't think they have your mic turned up very well but, <laughs> but fucking boy yeah. he's like but Love it. it sounds really awesome he's like i'm trying to start this hip-hop group um if you are interested like maybe you could come over tomorrow and like everything with boy was always like immediate was like what are you doing like next saturday it was like the only thing he was ever thinking about was music anyway yeah so well he was uh our Boyd always seemed like the type of dude that was like, he was very real about it too. It's not like, I don't know. I don't think people are disingenuous, but a lot of times you have these interactions where it's, where it's like, Hey, let's, uh, let's get together sometime. Maybe next week we can do this thing. Right. And yeah. Probably, and it never really ends up happening. Yeah. You know, it just, doesn't materialize. Yeah. And it's just like, you know, people are busy, but it's like, but Boyd was like about it. He's like, we're going to make this happen tomorrow. It was like his only mission. And I didn't even realize like, dude was already such a huge part of like the musicians community in Norman and um, some other people that I had known like came up to me and they're like, yo man, like, are you gonna like join a band with Boyd Littell? I was like, yeah, you guys know Boyd? And they're like, dude, fucking everyone knows Boyd. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, really? <laughs> like, what do you think? Some people were like, oh man, like he's like the best musician to say. You know, people were like, that dude's a fucking asshole. <laughs> like, you know, it was just like everyone had their like opinion, but everyone like respected that dude like mad crazy. And so it was just wild. Like it, I went from like not performing any shows to like featuring with a band to like all of a sudden working with like arguably the best musician in town. 
and it happened like super quickly and then he already had like an idea of like what he wanted with the sound we made like the first night we made just a taste and live for the moment and that was like a three-hour practice and made rock the mic the next practice and like probably did like destruction in minivan like right after that like how deep is uh the band at that point like who else is playing with you guys at that point we had dude madness boyd was actually playing bass when we first started the band yeah and we had this other drummer uh named nooch and it was him and then this other dude steve shaven on guitar and excuse me um we did like one iteration of that and Boy was like, oh, this is dope. Like, I really like this. Let's do it more. And then Nooch got this call from this dude. Um, I forget Kat's name. He's a country singer in Oklahoma. John Fulbright. He's like Grammy nominated dude. Okay. And he was like, hey, man, I'm going on tour. And uh, I need you to like come drum for me. Because he did all of his like studio drumming too or something. But he, uh, so Nooch was like, damn, I'm going to be gone for like three months. I can't do this project. And boy was like, well, like I'll drum in it then. Cause I know this bassist yeah. who is playing in my reggae project tincture. Did you know that boy played all these instruments already? No, no, not <laughs> at all. It was fucking mind blowing. It was. Yeah. I mean, it was mind blowing. Um, I only, I, I feel like I, I had a very short time to develop a relationship with Boyd, but I'm, I feel very, very fortunate that I did get to develop a friendship with that dude. Nice. Yeah, man. But over, like, so I didn't get the full rundown in, in six months, but I just remember, like, after his passing and, like, at his memorial, everybody, you know, like, playing all this different music. is like, this is Boyd's reggae band. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, there's all this other music. But uh, so, you, so you didn't really know that that he was. No. You know, no, like I said, I didn't really know who dude was at For all, sure. and then I'd heard like different opinions, like and, from people around yeah. him. But and then he hops on the on the drums and gets you guys a bass player. Yeah, he had his drum, and then like yeah, so we met at his place, and that was like we met at his place like the next Wednesday. Like this, it all happened so quick, and we like you know this dude shows up who's like super hippie looking, just like far out dude and it's like benja he just like shows up with his like he's like dressed on almost all neon with like a weird like black like shiny soccer jersey on and he's just like he's like sup man <laughs> and like we immediately hit it off and was um boyd's idea from the beginning for it to be you two alternating on as far as um yeah like and, mc yeah 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 absolutely that was um that was that was like one of the main staples he had all these like you know he wrote a lot of the tracks and he actually like normally i wouldn't have been comfortable doing it but he was like pretty decently versed in um the ability to write and so like like dark knight like two of those ver the first two verses he actually wrote of that um and then he like you know i was filling in like blanks for him he'd have like in the dark night people lost sight people start fights set of rock mics for delight but he didn't have like when the mics carried through the lands of buried on the ferry it is very necessary to be scary you know just like filling out like the whole pieces of everything like yeah 
you know, he had like half of So Blue written and half of Candy and half of, you know, <clears throat> Rock the Mic. And it was cool. It was just like we immediately, because I had all these lyrics that I'd just been sitting on for years and I could like immediately like reference them and just scroll through them. Like, and oh, I have something that might work here. They were, yeah. And like every single, like uh, our our vibe, our energy together was just so like immediate and apparent. He was like, yeah, no, like that's the exact verse. Like I would have like written for this. And I had like, like basically the entire album of a good problem to have was already pre-written material. Like the bars on just a taste. I wrote when I was 13. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. I'd never even done acid. <laughs> <laughs> That's an imagination. Yeah. Well, I like tweaked them from this other thing that I had been doing, but it was madness. It was like, and were you, um, were you like pretty blown away by Boyd's skills as an MC or right away too? You, you know, I <clears throat> it it took me a second to like get into what he was doing because it was just so different. Yeah, it's a yeah, and he. Like, yeah, I, I loved it. And I immediately had like mad respect for the fact that he was like drumming and rapping. Yeah. But we like, honestly, we worked a little bit on like his dynamic range and just like trying to get like a little more like character for out sure. of it because I like, he was always like a really gifted musician, but I, I think, you know, he'd only rapped like in a couple he rapped in the ills, which was really dope. But I think he like had always wanted to like kind of develop that skill a little more before he like was willing to do it. Cause yeah. he's like a dude's a fucking perfectionist and like right. holds himself to like the same standard that he holds everyone else to. So it was, it was like, it wasn't even, I don't know. It just felt so like seamless that I never really like thought about it. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't like, Oh shit. Yeah. This dude's like drumming a rap. It wasn't until someone came up to me after like our first show and was like, I can't believe he can drum a rap at the same time. I was like, Oh yeah. Like he does do that. Cause it was just like, it was so like, he just made it look so effortless. Yeah. And then he started like develop a, like a character, like to go like along with it. Yeah. Like, the B side like presence. And yeah. Really you know, diving into that yeah, as well. He, yeah, he's just a mad, like, original cat. He yeah, man. Like, yeah, like you said, you know, he's just very genuine, like, was very about it, like, very <clears throat> focused on whatever, like, needed to be accomplished. It was, like, all music for him. Like, Yeah, and, and I don't know, he just had a... Somebody, I think it was Stude uh, Jeff Rothman was talking at his memorial about uh, about how there was just a presence to, void, to Boyd when he was with you. Like you felt like he was there, like when you were having a conversation with him. Oh yeah, like it was. It was just like it, he wasn't paying attention to anything else. Like he was just very like fucking present, and, mad engaged. Uh, and it was cool for me because. Boyd went to so many shows by himself, mm -hmm. yeah. and, and I I did and do a lot of that, and so he would be just like somebody that I would run into a lot 
at these shows that we were both kind of rolling solo to, and it just like always made yeah always made me so excited to like run into Boyd at like one of these these things. It's like all right, awesome. Like, yeah, man, this is rad. And uh, yeah, just he he just had like a, a special ear for things. Yeah, and, absolutely. And it was uh, I don't know a lot a lot of you all that that worked with him like in a musical capacity talk about like kind of like his stamp of approval on things too of like that you know setting that bar and yeah and you, yeah you even touched about it that like he had the opportunity to hear like anime and sushi and kind of be like yo this is dope yeah but like i i felt that in uh like he started showing up to some of the events i was putting together and like nice. if i saw boyd there i was just like yeah, dude, like that guy showed up. They're like, this is a cool party, then, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> that's he awesome. Cared. He cared about the scene. He yeah, wanted to, man. you know, he wanted to advance it. That was something. That was something we really like missed in Oklahoma too. Just <clears throat> like the hip hop scene there is pretty cutthroat. So, like, I mean, it's it's grown up a lot, but like five years ago when we were there, it was just starting out, and it wasn't there wasn't much like room for people to, you know help each other up so if you like if you were making it it was pretty much on your own or like you know because someone in the media like chose to back you yeah it was i think a lot of the reason why we moved out to portland was because we needed more of like a community setting and he really took that to heart he he wanted to be a huge part of this community and wasn't just talking bullshit yeah and mission accomplished yeah know? like yeah no, brought absolutely. a lot of uh a lot of people together and yeah it's uh yeah that that like i said that's just like a, i think very uh a very special like era of the the portland music scene like yeah. a piece of that cool. is adverse effects yeah man. and i think it, it did have an impact on a lot of people and i think that's why it's also like i don't know it's exciting to see that you know you moving forward a little bit with some like something different yeah know, and uh keeping it fresh with uh with something else yeah man. And, and you guys have put out some adverse tracks too mm-hmm. you know released a couple of those and and those have been dope is that is that just stuff that um that you guys happen to record no that's on- for an ep we we actually just finished recording for all sure. recording on the ep but was there a bunch of stuff that was laid down like oh like boyd like, boyd just kind of like some ideas that boyd we left behind like some studio sessions it was it was tracks from the kickstarter okay uh that we ran and then we just kind of um like we were making all these songs that individual people had purchased uh to be made so we had all the all the drum breaks and loops and had a lot of the tracks fleshed out pretty much all the instrumental recording um so that was cool but you know and then obviously with boy passing we took some time off tried to work on it again wasn't feeling right took some more time off and in the last few months we've finally like decided like let's get this stuff done let's like put it out and you know try to like get back out there you know yeah um does it feel good to just be in a room with with those people and yeah, and, absolutely. Creating together. Yeah, man, it's indescribable. Yeah, you know, just uh, just to have the opportunity to make music with 
Spencer and Vince and Benja, they're all so uniquely talented and we're definitely brothers. I mean, it's a, uh, you know, it's, it's a very like important thing we're doing. And I think we're like aiming to both do this as a mode of catharsis and try to put this out for our boys legacy and, yeah, you know, try to, really take on what it is to shoulder the responsibility of someone else's legacy and adding to that. And that's not always a like easy task, you know, for anyone to, to, to accept. But I think the, like the easiest part is that we get to do it together. So yeah, it's definitely like, like I can't imagine having to do it alone. That would suck. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, and obviously, I don't know. You guys are going to keep it authentic, and you know, mm. you know what was special about about that that dynamic between all of y'all. So, yeah, I think you know he definitely passed the torch to us, and we kind of we take that very seriously, and we're really stoked with the new music that we. I actually, man, like after this, if you want to come listen to some. Oh, yes. I'll, uh, yeah, I got some pre masters upstairs. Um, roll through. But yeah, man, I, I, uh, Boyd had a, a very big impact on me for the six months I got to like know him and, and chat with him a bunch. And good, uh, I can't, I can't imagine, you know, like the, uh, what the, the loss of like that is, you know, to, you know, have somebody that you, you work with like that and, and consider family and, and get to spend like time is irreplaceable and whatnot. So, um, that was, you know, you spoke about empathy earlier and yeah, that was just like, just a a hard time to, you know, not like just to, to watch everybody have to experience that within your, your, your adverse effects fam and stuff, because I know how much he, he meant to everybody, but I am, uh, I feel very fortunate to have gotten to like witness it and, uh, you know, experience that. Yeah, man. So, yeah, you know, just keep the beauty of it. Yeah. And that's, that's really all you can do, you know. But, uh, yeah. So, um, let's get into a track here, though. Let's get into this Optimus, this Optimus Prime track from, oh, the, from the Clown Castle. Yeah, man. Um, Shout out one. to Alex Meltzer. <laughs> yeah. This is a this, you did this one with Meltzer too. The yeah, Optimus yeah. Prime? Dude's ridiculous. He's that dude. <laughs> <laughs> He's just so bad. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, this is uh, this is a Cloud Castle with what up? Optimus Prime. Yay. Life on Mike Jack, shipping off the wall. I done went to class, shit was too involved. Now I'm on the track. Clack go, you say ball. I said, run it back. Tell me. Another late night in the land of the lost. Got my back to the wall with my hand feeling forced. Got my hand on my sword with a lit cigarette. Beans everywhere like it's dawn of the dead. Was a horn at the dawn that his pawn grew a leg. Keep the crown off the king, now he wears it instead. Oh, yeah, Lord, with the full body suplex. Two different guys in my mind like a duplex. All that shit talk drip from your loose lips. Cops got the drop, wanna see who the news fits. Woo! Chill guy vibe. Woo! Don't fuck with my chill. They can turn me back to the old cloud, run around town with the pumps and pills. All caught up in my feels. Chipping to and 
involved Up all night, try to rape with a white bitch liquor Eating at her up Fuck these attic walls Look, I'm shining, yo Feel like Jack with an X, now tell me I switch my flow on the dime I get my juice from the vine You buy your juice by the pine I'm putting points on the boy Your ass is riding the pine Fuck with your mind Told him fuck with me one time Now they said press or rewind My flow is blowing I get from line after line Made them all beats for my rhymes Hey, hey Tell me I ain't in my prime I got that veteran shine Better than anyone Better late poetry OMG bitch I am about to miss prime Operate mine I left the rollie behind I'm so ahead of my time Bitch I have been doing this Ever since Q-Tip was new to this Your career shorter than Vines Life on Mike Jack Shipping off the wall I done went to class Shit was too involved Now I'm on the track Clack go you say ball I said run it back Tell me So is uh is part of the excitement of, of the Cloud Castle project that's uh kind of the freedom to maybe work with a bunch of different producers and, and do a lot of collaborating? Yeah. Yeah, I think definitely just uh like over the over the years just working with Boyd has shown me like how and just, you know, various musicians in general has uh kind of like really tuned my ear to a lot of the producerial nuances and uh i'm not like i don't like really play a bunch of instruments i dabble with like some stuff you know i can chord out on the piano and whatnot but i just love like every producer has their own really unique sound and i think that's like kind of beautiful to try to like match tones and wits with and see if you can make something that's like you know very like seamless and collaborative that to me is like such a beautiful challenge for just creation in general yeah i i mean i i think it's uh it's always dope to be able to listen to like a record that is, has a different producers on it you know like i don't i don't know what you're gonna end up doing with with these songs if there's like a a uh a plan to to release them as a batch of tunes ever at, yeah. at all. So the plan is, yeah, we got um two albums that I'm simultaneously working on. Okay, and I kind of realized this after Optimus Prime. I was already about five tracks deep. I was like, oh, what we have is two completely separate albums, and so the first one's going to be um, called Miyazaki Nights, and it's. Uh, <clears throat> just a lot of the it's like anime and sushi better today like a lot more upbeat dreamy um kind of almost more like poppier stuff um and then the the second album is just called long-haired lord that's just gonna be like the bangers just fucking you know hitting them hard and i gotta um that'll be like optimus prime I just did this track with Old Grape God called Sansa that Meltzer produced. Dude, Old Grape God. I need to I need to have him on the podcast. Dude. His uh the last tape he put out has some really, really killer tracks. Yeah, he's those time travel out, tapes. Yeah. I gotta go get in on those. He's man, he's he crushes this track, dude. It's, um it's tight. 
but yeah, I guess that's like kind of what I was alluding to is it's, it's dope when you're able to put together a collection of tunes that were produced by different people. Right. You know, and just still capture some, uh, you know, some continuity and some all kind of have the same vibe, even though different different hands worked on it. Yeah, yeah. I think especially for these being like the first couple projects, I'm really interested in expanding and working with different people and like you know like i mentioned just the challenge of working with like new people and seeing how it like influences my art and my writing style and like you know because i'm i'm the kind of person that's like always like trying to get better like i don't i don't want to make like lateral moves of any sort i only want to like get better get stronger get like more experience and I think the like important thing, maybe the most important thing with working with new producers has been the experience of just being in the studio, seeing how other people work, seeing like how they hear things and how they're like, you know, how, how they want to develop tracks and like the way that people compose is just so like personal and brilliant to me. I love watching that. I love watching it with like, Benja and I love watching it with Meltzer and it's it's cool. I just did a track with Gaspar also. It was like super dope. It's called Venusaur. Um and just like all three of those cats, like super different producers, but like very like epic. And yeah. Like very stylized and personal in their own sounds. Like give you some insight and some perspective on somebody's process and Yeah, man. Yeah. No, I I mean it's um, I'm excited to hear more music out of this because of those relationships that you've built. Yeah. You know, since you've gotten here, um, because I mean, we already talked about Benja and what like an amazing brain he is for, you know, creating music. Um, Meltzer did Optimus prime and better today. Yep. And, uh, I've talked about, Alex Meltzer on this podcast. I was I featured a core game base um, track on last week's episode of the podcast. Oh, nice! And uh, he's also I don't know. I think I think maybe he's tied for most appearances on this podcast as well. Oh, word. in general, but uh, he's a busy dude. He's one of my favorite um, musicians in the, in the city and people to run into. And I'm just kind of like always interested in uh, in whatever he's doing. Kind yeah. of like I'll show up to whatever Meltzer's doing. Yeah, yeah. Kind of thing. He's and, a heady cat. Um Yeah, what do you what do you uh what do you like about like what draws you into working with Meltzer? <clears throat> I think man, honestly I think it's mostly I've just never heard someone like with the production ear that he has. He's he's got like you know, the ability to kind of throw beats in a weird way that like it's like very mad lib style yeah man um and he's also just like one of the like funnest people to just kick it with and like hang out in the studio he's like very chill so low-key yeah yeah it's a it's amazing he's like yeah he's just like like every time we're in the studio it's like super hilarious sometimes we'll just like fuck around and make ridiculous track like like where my weed at? Yeah, yeah. Where my weed? Because he like 
Absolutely. Can't find his weed or something. You know, it's yeah. just like it's it's fun. He's a he's a super dope dude and he's like like very low key brilliant. Absolutely. Yeah. Like it's it's cool to watch like <clears throat> cats like that work and just be like in their zone and kind of like catch vibe off them and like like a song like Optimus Prime gets written because we're like in the studio from the first sample that like that occurs on that track, which is, you know, that like weird, like almost dial tone, like, yeah, like it's, just, it's because we were like both there from the like initial genesis of the song. And, and that just, just triggered, triggered something in you when you, when you heard that. It's so, yeah, man, it's so much fun. You know, it's funny though. The initial track didn't have that intro in it with like another late night in the land of the lost. And it's fading in and out. Yeah. Yeah. Until like, Barra, you know Barra, yeah. Brown. He he came in. We played him the track, and it originally started with like the long haired lord with the full body suplex, two different guys in my mind like a duplex, and like Barra was like, kind of comes in hot, don't you think? And like we were all hyped <laughs> up on. It. We were like, <laughs> you're like, yeah, sure, fucking does. Yeah, yeah. We were like, fuck yeah. And then you know he says that he's like, hi. So how are you gonna get into that part? Like thinking, oh, like clearly, like they're not. Like, he's just immediately like, this track needs an intro, but he's not even saying, like, the track needs an intro. He's just like, how are you going to get into that? Yeah. And we're like, ah, oh, damn. Basically saying, that can't be the intro. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> right. Not like, you need an intro, That's but that's not it. <laughs> but, like, yeah. And, like, I love like I love that about, like, the musicians that I get to work with because they're just, like, they, they'll give you honest opinions about shit. And, like, if you, you know, if you, you like, are mature enough you can take that shit and really like yeah grow and learn from it and like so like melts and i sat on that idea for like a week and i I think i called him like two days before our next session i was like dude bear is right <laughs> this track needs an intro and so i like he hadn't produced out the part yet but i like could hear it in my head and i knew exactly what we like wanted from it so i was like let's start with like a low-key hook and then like bring the track down and we can start with this like fade like a crescendo effect that gets us into that first initial like long hair lord with the full body suplex like we can like build that energy and make it you know get it hype instead of just coming in with like this hype like track it's like it needed dynamic value to it so it was madness i like (laughs) i just like heard it in my head and kind of like went with it and he knew like another fun thing about working with melz is like he understands like the language of an MC that like isn't a musician per se. So like I'm like describing things. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like move that four over here and like, you know, in my own like MC way. And he's just like totally knows exactly what I'm talking about. The yeah, whole you time. can speak to him in like these broken terms that aren't right, like, yeah. The real technical terms, but he just gets it. Yeah, and yeah. Understands. Yeah. yeah, man. So that's the gift of being a, a good producer, I think. Right. Yeah. Because I think I think you do as a producer, you probably end up in situations a lot of the time where you, you maybe are speaking in terms to people that don't know the actual technical terms sometimes, you know? 
right, makes right. it more versatile that way. And a lot of, yeah, I mean, a lot of the time I'm just so excited about something I want to like, you know, I'm like a person that like really wants to like point around and like try everything like, okay, like let's hear it this way. Let's hear it this way. And he also like loves doing that. He's like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like that's dope. Or like, he's like, what about this way? And yeah. Like, like bat off of each other. And this is cool. It's like, it's, it's cool when you get to like work with someone on the track from the, from the genesis of it. I think it, yeah. it creates a, like a, a very special vibe that you can feel throughout the track. It's like an ultimate collaboration. Yeah. It's not like you came in with an ideas and he came in with the ideas. It just happened right there in the, in that, in that moment together. Absolutely. Which is kind of like, that's more like what cloud castle is about than anything. Like I should probably clear up. Like I'm, I don't actually like consider myself cloud castle. Like cloud castle is more of this like overarching idea of the kind of, music and environment that I want to embody and like I almost would consider myself like a conduit of Cloud Castle it's kind of like whenever I get like writing inspiration I think of it as like a beam down from the Cloud Castle and so like I'm it, it, like it's not me it's just like yeah. something that's like functioning and moving through me it's like the energy I can dig it man it gets brought well, that's, I mean, I think uh, just, I don't know, for some reason, the, the way that you've presented it for me is kind of, I, th- I think I, I recognized that pretty early on that what you were doing is this thing of, uh, like, you're really creating a world yeah, with yeah. this. Um, much like, I don't know, like, when I would go see maybe, like, Coco Columbia, mm. I always felt like Dana was creating yeah. a world. Shout out to Dana. You know, like, she created a world with that music. And... And that's kind of like my takeaway, yeah, from the 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 early releases of what you're doing, with yeah, this. yeah, absolutely. and the early performances as well, like kind of trying to. I don't know how consistently you've been able to uh, have visuals behind you, but that seems like that's maybe like maybe an important component to what yeah. you're doing with with this project as well. And yeah, we've definitely tested it with and without them, and <clears throat> I think here moving forward. We're taking a bit, a bit of a break. We just had a couple shows, but um, moving forward, I think we're going to try to get that visual component with the projector as much as possible because I feel like it adds a like big time dynamic to the stage, the like a visual element to accompany um, you know auditory and the MC, and I kind of want to do like. <laughs> This is going to sound weird, but I kind of want to do like a, a show that like can embody as many of the senses as possible. Like, um, like, you know, anything from like setting up like diffusers around the room with like Jasmine or like something like that. Like really trying to make like the environment more like just a different experience from anything like people are currently witnessing. You know, that that would be, yeah, I think that would be interesting for you to, like, even try something with, you know, like a scent in the in the air, you know, putting some floral shit out that, like, change, because if you did it, you know, especially if you weren't the, the first person performing, right. you know, and somebody's up there and they're doing their thing and the next person's doing it and then 
all of a sudden right yeah, before and everyone, you like come picks up, their own scent but like but or or maybe there there is no sense oh and until, then but oh and so you like go do your thing because it's your i mean you know yeah the other people aren't thinking about bringing this into their show because it's not like the the experience they're creating but it, it would just be wild if all of a sudden you know you're about to go on and all of a sudden there's this new sense in the air right yeah you know, that'd be a trip It'd yeah be very like interactive in some way or like Another another like kind of wilder idea I've had lately is like I don't know if you know this but like I love cooking, okay, a lot and I actually work in the kitchen um, and have worked in restaurants for a lot of my life. But I I would love to like do kind of like it'd be like a chef's table of a show, kind of and like prepare like different dishes to go along with each like mini set of music. And have them be like, like you do like a, like better today banana bread, you know, yeah. or something like that. <laughs> like just something that's like light and like homely, like feels like home, you know, feels like, you know, just kind of like indulging all of those senses and getting people like immersed. That's really like. You know, the visual aspects and the auditory aspects of music are always going to be there. But I, I think there's like an interesting realm to be explored with like all the other senses that aren't like what people just like sit there, drink beer all the time. It's the same thing like ever. But what if you like, for instance, there's one time in uh, Oklahoma in Norman, um, one of the bars we were playing at the Opolis made a drink called the Fiji. And that was like one of three drinks that they were serving that night. And the other one was like an adverse effects flavored drink. And it was just like all of the beverage, like people always talk about those drinks from that night. And they like remember that night more because they were drinking like things that went yeah, along yeah, with yeah. it. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? I know, I know the thesis has been kind of fucking around with that a little bit. Oh, word. On, so like they've been doing some events where they'll, they'll have a drink after each performer and stuff that you oh. can order. Interesting, yeah. dude. Yeah, yeah. Hey, which shout I, out to them. I, I think that's rad. I agree. That's like I don't know. It does add to the experience, and right? It's like, oh, I want to get the cloud castle. Give me one of those cloud castles. What's going on with that? What do you think would be in a cloud castle? Oh, like I don't know. I feel like maybe uh, I don't know what those drinks. I'm trying to think of like what those drinks would be, but definitely like something. You know those drinks that they put the egg whites in? Oh, yeah, yeah. I feel like it would be something like that to, like, make it cloudy. Mm, interesting. <clears throat> yeah. I feel like maybe some, like, Hend have you ever had Hendrix gin? No. It's cucumber gin. Oh, okay. Fucking smooth as hell, man. All right. Yeah. That, yeah. too. I feel like that with, like, like maybe something with like, the Hendrix and the egg white. We should explode. <clears throat> yeah. We're going to have to admit, yeah. You got me thinking. We'll man. make it happen. Hell yeah. You know? <laughs> Cloud Castle vodka. Cloud yeah, Castle gin. Hey, maybe we talk That's to like it. the library or something. Yeah. Beer bar only though. They're a tap oh, room. Oh, are they? Yeah. It's oh, just word. a tap room. So Right on. I'll have to get the Cloud Castle. Uh, maybe like a hazy. Yeah. Cloud Castle hazy. Hey. See? I feel right like that on. would work as well. Shout uh, out. What's it, what's it been like you for the, like, as, like as far as uh, being out there performing and, and, you know, not being on stage with the band and being up there maybe just with one person a dj behind you it's it's definitely taking some getting used to i mean no doubt it's it's way different from having like four people and four people with like parts 
going on the whole time. Whereas, like, it's just, like, it's different to not, like, share the, the stage with other people. It's different to not, like, like, I liked it whenever, like, I'd, like, pull back and Vince would, like, step center stage and, like, hit a guitar solo on in my mind, something like that. You know, it's it's just different. But uh, I think each show is getting better, getting a lot of positive feedback. It's getting looser. I'm, I'm just kind of, you know, enjoying it for what it is, not trying to think too much about, like, where, you know, like how the stage has been or anything like that. Yeah. Just like make it its own project. Just learn how to occupy that space a little bit differently. And yeah, you know. I like performing on the floor a lot more. This is a trick I picked up from D Fox. Okay. He, the, like, yeah. From maybe the artist formerly known as. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, sorry. My bad. It's oh, a, no, it's fine. It's fine. No, I was you just know, over there. To, he told to, me the other day. It's hard to keep up. And he hasn't dropped the official name, I don't think, yet. So I, I think he's I just going by I won't uh, blow it Alexander, up. I forget his middle name, but I think he's I think he's going Kendrick Lamar on it. Yeah, maybe. Which is cool. Yeah, it's I'm cool. about it. Yeah. I'm about it. Um, but yeah, man, him and Roof used to always like hop off the stage and just do their sets they on always, the floor. and. Yeah. Or, the, or at least at one point, you know, they're yeah. always like jumping, jumping down and yeah, yeah, yeah. A good like know? mix of it. I feel like that creates a lot more like energy with the crowd, like more personal experience, especially like I've been playing these shows with a lot of bands that have to be on stage. So people are like looking up the whole time. It's like, it's fun to just kind of like be in the crowd. Like that's where, that's where hip hop's at for me. It's not yeah. on a stage. It's, it's in the mix. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would imagine that that's, we we're kind of talking about it a little bit before we got on the mics, but you know, also just kind of a process with that of, of, you know, finding different gigs and like see, like just maybe having some different things thrown your way because people think it might be, you know, adverse effects, kind of esque. Yeah, what, you, what you're doing and you know, navigating that and whatnot. Yeah, I think, you know, I even throw in at least one adverse track into my. Cloud Castle sets at this point, um, just because I still love doing that music, and I think it, I think it, there's still a lot of like connect between yeah. what I'm doing and uh, and like that, you know, that project. Absolutely, yeah. Well, I'm stoked about it, man. I mean, yeah. Like, like I said, I think it's exciting to like. I'm just excited to hear all these different collaborations that you do. Just be, you know, just going back uh, to what I was talking about in the beginning, just because of your uh, your your dynamic as an MC is is uh, I think a, a special one. Thanks, man. man. And uh, so to get to kind of hear that. Um, maybe through the lens of a bunch of different people working yeah. on your tracks, I think is, is very exciting. You know? Yeah. Because, yeah. and especially <clears throat> you, you've shown that, di that dynamic off real well, I think with the three tracks that exist, you know, because yeah, you, I feel like they're all like rangy. They're different. Yeah. Like anime and sushi is, is way different than better today. Yeah. 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 You know? And, and, and yeah, Optimus and Optimus Prime's Prime's Prime, like, you know, yeah. like that's just like a super heavy, heavy song. Yeah, I want to create that, like, I want people to know that there's a lot of versatility coming and I'm not going to be, like, 
if they're into like artists that they can always expect the same thing from, like I'm probably not going to like do very well with that. Cause I, 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 I just can't be the exact same on every track. That's just not like how I'm built, how I was engineered. So I like, I love the fact that I'm able to produce a variety of different sounds, different, different, you know, types of music and, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like try to hold that in. I can dig it. Yeah, man. I'm about it. Right on. You know, thanks. And uh, you know, the right, the the people that dig it are are gonna be the people you want around supporting it. Anyhow, absolutely. You know? So, um, I encourage people to to go on the uh, all the streaming music platforms and and find you on there. Find the Cloud Castle and give you a follow so people uh, can keep up there with with tracks that are dropping oh uh, yeah yeah and Spotify, uh, uh soundcloud apple music yeah i'll put the, the uh music. i'll put the links in the in the episode notes Where? to your like instagram and whatnot so people can keep up with with uh maybe some some upcoming performances and whatnot yeah at it's cloud castle i got some pretty big announcements coming up um I'm uh, I'm pretty stoked. Got a new single coming out on July 19th. It's called Sayatama. Hell from, yeah! From One Punch Man. You, okay. You watch anime DC? That yeah, we missed it. I had that in my notes oh, to talk word. anime with you. Oh damn! I don't watch anime. Oh. This is the yeah. I'm sorry. No, you're sorry good, to man. Disappoint you. I hope no, stuff your stars in the sack, <laughs> uh, But I have been um, because I do know that it is uh, it's something that's that goes hand in hand a lot of times amongst the uh the rappers yeah the, uh the rap culture and the anime culture seem to be intertwined and and i just i i don't know i was usually like to touch on it with uh with with the folks that come through like i've talked to a, a harvey bird and mobbling oh about hell it. yeah I talk, shout out I harvey talked, i talked to sir Oh, um, right sir on. and i about it a little bit you but, gotta link us man i yeah we're gonna make I it happen that, dude. but uh <laughs> What's like your, uh, what is your anime like forever treasure? You know, like what is the, what is the thing that like has been most impactful for you? Like as far as anime? I mean, it's, it's gotta be, it's gotta be Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. Yeah. Like just the music alone of Cowboy Bebop, like really turned me on to anime, but also like just the style, the, like the, the arc the the like strong female characters with like Faye and you know like this outlaw and Spike I I just I totally vibe with that that was the first one that like really resonated with me that and then probably Afro Samurai I mean you know I don't consider Boondocks anime but we were watching yeah. a ton of Boondocks whenever I was a kid do do you uh, like does anime very much influence your the art you make or at times maybe influence the the music that you're making yeah i think it's as big i'm just like i'm really big into pop culture in general like super big graphic novel head and like comic book fan always been a big like batman guy and dc universe dude i i don't hang super heavy in the anime world but um 
real big Ninja Turtles. Oh yeah, man. Of like the original stuff, not so much on like what's ever has come out in the last like ten years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no doubt. But like the original Ninja Turtle cartoons was was very much my jam. Yeah, and I got um, that season one on DVD. Yes, likewise. Yeah. Also, <laughs> um, I always really enjoyed the Batman animated series. Yeah, Didn't watch it like religiously, but would watch it if it was on. Yeah, yeah. Um, but recently I saw just the other day there is a new Batman Ninja Turtles animated yeah, movie saw that. where they cross worlds yeah and the ninja turtles go to to gotham to gotham and, right yeah but the foot clan is also like invading that area and shredders out there yeah so so the batman. foot clan and shredder team up with like the batman goons like penguin and oh, all them word? and then like the turtles and batman i guess team up too is that out that is out, but I don't. You, I don't know. I saw it on the PlayStation Store for like four dollars. I almost rented what? it. Yeah, I might do it. Yo, I'm. Yeah, I think Branson <laughs> and I might hit that after. Yeah. It's crazy. I, I was. I was so excited about it, but uh, yeah, yeah, I man. I mean, like, um, yeah, anime's always been a pretty like important part of my life. Just, just like my development as a child, like cartoons in general have always been pretty big but yeah anime always kind of made me feel like there was like this super cool world out there that i could like participate in and not have to like i don't know <laughs> just like deal with the like yeah the weirdness of not being like popular or something like that i don't know some it's, solid escapism yeah yeah and I, uh yeah and, like, all anime characters inevitably have that, like, outcast persona that they're, you know, struggling with. And I think I think that's something that, like, always has resonated with me pretty heavy. Yeah. I All, all of the conversations I've had with people about anime has definitely, um, it's, it's made me, you know, want to explore it a little bit more. Or at least, you know, like every once in a while I'll throw like an episode of something on just to Word. just to check it out, you know, just because there's all these people that I have so much respect for as, and, and the art that they make. And I know that it's such a, an impactful thing, it seems to like to be this through line for a lot of them. Um, so I'm always interested to know, you know, why it's important to people. But I've also like learned through these conversations how much how much depth there is in those uh those shows oh yeah man you know there's just a lot of layers to it yeah it's not and it's not not just like necessarily this ridiculous cartoon about superpowers and, and whatnot yeah they do a lot of maybe to their fault too much character development sometimes <laughs> but it's it's good you know it's it's cool it it's uh i would i would definitely do check out one punch man okay because it's it's one of the it's one of the better newer animes out. I'll report back. Hell Where do yeah. I watch something like this? You could have to I mean, bootleg it. I, I, I think it's on Netflix. You got Netflix? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I'll try it. Pretty sure. Right. Season one's on Netflix at least. I'll tell you what. I'm going to try and watch an episode before I do the intro for this podcast. Oh, word. So that I can like give it a, you know. Do it, dude. My my proper analysis Hell to yeah. go along with this. But uh, I appreciate the fuck out of you. And I appreciate the... the uh, the music that you're making and uh yeah just to get uh, to hang it's always great to see you and you like yeah just another one of these people that that always brings a smile to to run into you randomly around the city 
Yeah, and, man. Uh, I just feel very fortunate to have gotten to do some work in the past with Adverse and, and uh, yeah, all that good stuff, man. Hell Nothing yeah. but good things to say about you all the time and just very impressed with uh, with all of it. Right on. Yeah, man. man. Yeah, happy to be here. And, yeah, thank you. Thanks for holding it down for the Portland scene. <laughs> I mean... It's fucking dope. Doing my best. Doing my best. Episode 170, dog. Yeah, you're going to be 170. Oh. How about it? That's amazing, man. Yeah. We got to, I told the listeners, uh, July is, we're going to dig into some hip hop and R&B pretty heavy this this month, I think. So you'll be amongst all of that. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. You got to do pop with uh, Grape God. Grape God, yes. Yeah, man. Yep. Got to make that happen. But It's funny. We talk. We talk a decent amount. We still never met in person. <laughs> dude, I've I've actually like excha- been exchanging emails for that dude since I started this podcast pretty much and it's yeah. just we just haven't connected right either. On. So it's you know, there's some dialogue there we just need to make make something actually happen. But um I'm stoked he Oh, do you mind if I? Yeah, go ahead. Some, um yeah, no, no no shows to speak of, but uh I am stoked he'll, he'll probably be one of the artists for the uh, album release. Hell yeah. Which will be happening in September, we hope. Um, yeah. Uh, hoping to have a good bill going. I'm trying to get a liquor store. You got to play at the liquor store? Uh, shout out to the liquor store if you're listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holler at me. Let's get um, something going. We'll see what we can do. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. We got to uh, properly end this thing with you uh, saying the tagline for the show, which is it's a program. So if we can get the, oh, the Cloud the Castle... It's a program we can uh, we can float on. It's a program. He nailed it. Hey, <laughs> uh, that's it, everybody. That you know, I'll put the the links in the episode notes so you can uh, follow along with all of all that is good here. And um, we're playing it out with uh, with uh, better today. Right on. Which is <clears throat> another one of those Alex Meltzer collaborations. He just really, uh, he just really throws down the uh, the beat with this one. Oh yeah, I, I was so excited when you when you sent me this track. You know, it's funny. You got one more second. Yeah, no, I'm yeah, I'm in no rush. He actually sent me a bunch of beats from Corey and Bass and had made this track on the OP one, but he made it all together, so he wasn't able to edit anything of it. <laughs> so it was yeah, he just like there's no breaks added in or anything. I just like rapped to that beat that's killer. as was yeah there's yeah that's that's an interesting uh way to have to work i would think too a little bit it's madness you know that's what uh mad lib mad lib and freddie gibbs do they just uh, um mad lib just sends them the beats and doesn't the beats like and it's just like there is no like we're not changing like this yeah, is yeah. it yeah i love that yeah it's wild and that bandana record is fucking banging ah yeah dude (laughs) yeah it's massive it's amazing um (laughs) but yeah we're playing it out with uh better today incredible track and um you know follow follow all the uh the social medias and and uh follow the clad castle on uh spotify or uh or apple music super helpful to give artists those follows and and grow that number for them hell yeah and uh please that's it we're gonna you know that's the jelly jams everybody (laughs) we are uh we're doing the thing and uh we will catch you on the flip side portland
It's a program.